you have your Bibles this morning, you want to open to Psalms 23. We're going to continue there. You know, we've been looking at Psalms 23, and so far there's only been two characters, right? The sheep and the shepherd. But today we had a third character, enemies. You ever feel surrounded by enemies? You ever feel like you're all alone and the world is against you? You ever feel like nobody cares? There's this old story of the Lone Ranger and Tonto and they were riding out in the desert and they come up over this hill and all of a sudden they are surrounded by 2,000 Indians. And the Lone Ranger looks at Tonto and he says, what are we going to do, Tonto? And Tonto replies, what do you mean we, pale face? (laughs) You ever feel that sense of emptiness? Boris Becker, a famous tennis player, came close to taking his own life. He was overwhelmed by this sense of emptiness and hopelessness and loneliness. He said, you know, I've won Wimbledon twice, once as the youngest player. I was rich. I had all the material possessions I ever wanted. And I know it's a cliche. It's the old song of the movie and pop stars who take their lives. They had everything and yet were unhappy. He said, but I had no inner peace. I was like a puppet on a string. See, as David writes this part of the psalm, it's like he's saying, it's just me, myself, and God. He saw no friends. All he had were enemies. And I don't know what caused David to write this part of the song, but I do know what God shared with him through this song. Three great truths that can give all of us as God's sheep great joy concerning our shepherd. And it begins here. God gives us all that we need. Look at verse 5. It begins this way. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, notice the scene changes. From a field to a feast. From a trail to a table. See, one of the most important jobs of a shepherd was to go and find a mesa. It was a field of green grass where the sheep could go and feed and be nourished. And shepherds would call this good table land. Because this was a place where sheep could feed in peace. See, sheep would not eat if they were afraid. Before a shepherd could bring a sheep into this field of grass, he had to drive out all the enemies that might be in or around that field. He would go in and clear out all the physical hazards, like the poisonous plants that could kill the sheep, the the stakes and stobs that could wound the sheep. He would drive off the wolves and the wild dogs that would attack the sheep and make sure there was nothing in that field that would harm them. You know, it's interesting. In many parts of the Middle East, there were these tiny little adders. They were poisonous snakes, and they lived right under the ground. And often they would pop up out of their tiny holes, and they would nip the sheep on their noses. And the bite from those those snakes, though not instantaneously fatal, would cause inflammation. Could eventually kill the sheep if nothing was done. So one thing the shepherd would do, he would go up and down that field and he would look for those tiny little snake holes. And then he would pour a circle of oil at the top of each of those holes. So when the viper would sense the presence of the sheep and attempt to come out of the hole, their smooth body couldn't pass over the slippery oil and they would just slide back down into the burrow. See, the shepherd had to make sure those sheep were completely without fear. So the sheep could first of all eat and then lie down and digest their food. In other words, it was his job to prepare the table for the sheep. 
And even though the sheep realized that there were wolves and dogs and bears and snakes all around the field, they could eat in peace. I mean, you know it's easy to, to eat when you're surrounded by friends, by people that love you, right? It's easy to enjoy a meal. It's another thing to enjoy a meal and eat in peace when you're surrounded by your enemies, by people that don't like you. But you can do it if you know the shepherd is protecting you, is watching over you. You know, one of the greatest lessons I've learned about the Christian life is this. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of Jesus amidst those problems. Steve Brown was a radio Bible teacher. And he was raised in North Carolina near a Cherokee reservation. And he tells this story in their cultural traditions as a, a Cherokee youth would move into manhood. The tribe had this custom and they would take the young man out into the middle of the woods late at night on a dark night and leave him there all by himself. He had no weapon, no way to defend himself. And when the father would leave him, he would just simply say, no matter what happens, remember, you have nothing to fear. Well, needless to say, the young man heard every owl hoot, every branch rustled by the breeze, every falling pine cone, every animal scurrying around. He had no trouble imagining that every shadow was a black bear looking for a meal. And usually he spent the entire night in terror, counting the minutes till the sun came up. And you know what happens when the sun come up? As the young Cherokee would strain his eyes to get accustomed to the light, one of the first things he would see was his father, who had never left him, but stood watch all night with weapon in hand ready to protect him. See, one of the reasons that you and I are able to sit down at a table and eat to our heart's content and peace because our shepherd is always nearby. And he not only gives us all that we need, he is all that we need. See, sheep die without a shepherd. No matter how much grass they have to eat and how much water they have to drink, without a shepherd, they'll eventually get lost or sick or poisoned or attacked or killed. But with the shepherd, sheep have all that they need. And that's what God does for us as our good shepherd. He gives us all that we need. God also gives us just what we need. Continue verse 5. He says, You anoint my head with oil. Now the shepherd would use oil for two reasons. It was a repellent and a medicine. See, the worst enemy of the sheep, it wasn't wolves or bears or snakes or wild animals. It wasn't a danger of getting lost or eating poisonous grass or drinking bad water. The worst danger to a sheep is called a nose fly. It's just what they're called. They're these little flies and they, they fly up the nose of the sheep and they lay eggs. And that larva will begin to drive the sheep crazy. And they can't shake these flies off their nose with their tails or hooves. And they'll do anything to get rid of these flies. Sometimes you'll see a sheep banging its head against a rock because he's going crazy from the flies. He'll run, he'll bleat, but nothing works. And if the sheep gets no relief, and he gets so bothered and irritated by the flies, he'll, he'll quit eating. He'll begin to lose weight, and eventually will die. So the shepherd anoints the head of the sheep with this mixture of olive oil and sulfur. And it does two things. First, it kills the larva and the eggs inside the nose of the sheep. But it's also an insect repellent to keep other flies from bothering the sheep. But that oil also works as a salve or an ointment. 
If a sheep gets an open wound, dirt and debris will get in it. And if it's not cleansed, it will fester and poison the bloodstream and the sheep will die. So the shepherd uses that oil to clean the dirt from the wound so the wound can heal. See, when sheep are bothered by flies or covered in sores, they don't need a fly swatter. They, they don't need gun. They don't need aspirin. They, they don't need an encouraging word. They need oil. And the shepherd is there to give them exactly what they need to heal them of their wounds and soothe them in their pain. And you see, that's what God does for us through the oil of the Holy Spirit. When we are wounded, when we are hurting, when we are in sorrow, when we are irritated, when we are bothered by all these little things in life, God takes the oil of the Holy Spirit and He pours us on our heads and He pours it into our hearts and He soothes us. Now notice this verse, it's singular. He doesn't say He anoints our heads. He anoints our head. My head. It's singular. It's personal. You know, at the end of the day, the last thing the shepherd does before he goes to bed is he examines each sheep one by one to make sure that all the sheep have no flies, no sores, no problems. And even though he loves the whole flock, he loves each sheep one by one. As great as God is, as powerful as God is, you know God cares for us exactly the same way. You know, with God, you never get lost in the crowd. You never get lost in the flock. He's always there to meet your need at just the right time. Uh, Luther Bridgers was a, a southern preacher and songwriter. And he told how as a young pastor, he was preaching a crusade, and he woke up in the middle of the night to the telephone ringing in his room. A friend had called to say that his home had burned to the ground and his wife and children were sleeping inside and were consumed by the flames. He was so stunned, he dropped the receiver and sat there in agony. He finally hung up the phone and paced the floor and he screamed and he wept and he cried out to God. And when he couldn't take it any longer, he burst out of the room and began to walk down the streets of the city. He sat there in agonizing pain, searching for peace, and he came upon this river. And he looked upon it with fascination. He thought how he could just end all of this hurt and heartache and just jump into the river and let go. And in just a moment, he'd be reunited with his wife and children. But all of a sudden, he felt the hand of God move over his life. It drove him to his knees. He began to weep. And as he wept, he asked God to give him the strength he needed to stand up under the burden of this sorrow. And he sat there staring at this river and he wrote this song. And this is the chorus. Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. God gives us just what we need. But also God gives us more than we need. Listen to the end of verse 5. My cup runs over. My cup runs over. In the Bible, an overflowing cup is a symbol of total satisfaction. And if a cup's overflowing, it means the person holding that cup has everything they need. In the Middle East, it's mostly desert. And they have a custom that had to do with filling a cup. If you would go to someone's house, even as a total stranger, the first thing they would do is offer you a cup with water or wine in it. 
And you would drink the cup and the host would refill it. And you would drink it and the host would refill it. And as long as the host kept refilling the cup, you were welcome to stay. But if after several refills they left that cup empty, it meant your time was up. It was time to leave. But if the host really liked you and he wanted you to stay a long time or stay as long as you wanted, he would fill that cup to overflowing. See, God has told us He wants us to fellowship with Him forever by filling our cup with blessings. You know, a shepherd, when his flock needs water, if there were no streams, he would lead them to a well. And he would lower the bucket down into the well and bring it back up, drawing out a gallon by hand. And he would pour it into these large stone cups beside the well. And he always made sure the cups were filled to overflowing because sheep don't like to get wet. Remember, they're afraid of water. And he would fill those cups to overflowing so that the sheep could drink with ease. And whenever a sheep saw a cup overflowing, they knew they had all the water they needed to drink. And they would be totally satisfied. See, I believe this part of the verse is referring to the blessings of God on us, his children. Just like the shepherd blesses the sheep, God blesses us, his children. I mean, if you think about it for a moment, every one of us would be forced to say, my cup overflows. I can tell you right now, our cup overflows with forgiveness. God doesn't just pardon us. Isaiah 55, 7, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. To our God, for he will abundantly pardon When we pray, God doesn't just answer prayer. Ephesians 3.20 says, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or even think according to the power that works in us. Our cup overflows with joy. Because God doesn't just give us joy. 1 Peter 1.8, He gives us joy inexpressible and full of glory. That's the way God is. When He gives, He gives more than you need. I mean, Bible scholars tell us when Jesus turned water into wine, He gave them 120 gallons, enough for 10 weddings. When He fed the 5,000, they had 12 basketfuls left over. You know what some people want to do when their cup begins to overflow? They want a bigger cup. We don't need a bigger cup, though. We need to share the overflow of that love and that joy and that forgiveness and that peace that is flowing through us with our friends, with our neighbors, with those who so desperately need to hear about Jesus. See, and let me promise you that when you come to the end of life's journey, if the Lord is your shepherd, you're going to look back and you're going to see that God has met all of your needs. And there may be times you look and you think, well, it was just me, myself, and God. And times you felt alone. And you think nobody really understands the problems you were going through. Or maybe even worse, that nobody cares. But if you look closely, carefully at your cup, you'll find that it overflows. Pastor Jack Hinton had the opportunity to lead music for a worship service in this leper colony on the island of Tobago. And there was time for one more song and he asked for a request and this woman who had been facing away from the pulpit, turned toward him. She raised her hand and had no fingers. 
Her nose was entirely gone. Both ears were basically missing. Most of her lips had rotted away. The rest of her body was filled with cantankerous sores and from the leprosy. Hardly able to look at her, Pastor Hinton said, what would you like to sing? She said, I want to sing Count Your Many Blessings. The pastor was so overcome with emotion, he actually had to leave the service. And One of the church members followed him out and he said, Brother Jack, I, I guess you'll never be able to sing that song again. He said, oh, I'll sing it, but I'll never sing it the same way again. See, when you come to those times in your life and you realize it's just you, yourself, and God, rejoice. Because you are with the one and the only one who can give you all that you need, who can give you more than you need, who will give you exactly what you need. So as we close this morning, let me just ask, is that what you need? Do you need His salvation that only comes through surrendering your life to Jesus Christ? Because if that's what you need, come. Come talk to me. Stop by the church and visit with me. Give me the opportunity to share with you about Jesus, who is truly everything that you need. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you. Thank you for being everything we need. Thank you for letting our cups overflow. Thank you for giving us what we need when we need it. And so Lord, I pray that as we go out, help us to share that overflow with those who need it most. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.